What is going on? If you have made your way here, you're listening to the first episode of The Gimme, a comedy podcast about childhood obsessions with your host and resident horse girl, Kathleen DeMarle. Uh, I'm so excited to start this podcast. It's been an endeavor on my list for a while. And after realizing almost every comedian I know has a podcast, I thought, hey, I should give it a shot too. Um, And then quickly after that, I realized that if you do podcasting, you have to love the sound of your own voice. And I'm not sure if I love the sound of my Fran Drescher slash Debbie Downer type character voice, but you know what? I've been stuck in quarantine for more than three months, and I think it's it's the right time to take advantage of this. Um, a little bit about this podcast. I called it The Gimme because I feel like when I think of a like little kid that really wants something really badly, I just think of a kid yelling, at their parents, gimme, gimme. They could care less. Uh, And everyone I have met in comedy and otherwise has had an obsession um, and they've all ranged. Like it's not just normal obsessions that you think about like, you know, boy bands or the Twilight Saga or Star Wars or Pokemon. Like I talked to somebody recently who really liked their pet hamster to the point that they brought their pet hamster into the movie theater and then lost their pet hamster. And then uh, I've seen people tell me that they like maps a lot or (laughs) that they, you know, collected plastic figurines. I mean, an obsession is anything. There was somebody that told me they like the color red. They were obsessed with red. They sewed themselves clothes that were red, and that's all they wore in elementary school. So really, an obsession is anything. But the reason that I'm choosing to interview comedians is because I feel like every comedian is the perfect person to talk to about this. Because a lot of people hide their obsessions behind closed doors, but you know who doesn't? The people that get on stage and talk about weird, embarrassing shit. Uh, So... This first episode is just an introduction to me, your host, and my obsession, and then come back next week and you'll get to hear about uh, another comedian and their obsession. So if you didn't catch it at the beginning, um, I was a horse girl. I still am a horse girl, but it's an embarrassing thing to say that I was a horse girl because I grew up in a time period where I looked down upon other horse girls, and that sounds bad. But in my mind, a horse girl was this one particular girl that I grew up with. She was in the grade below me. Her name was Anna. I'm going to redact her last name because I bet you she's like curing the coronavirus right now because she was brilliant outside of this insane stuff that she did. So Anna was uh, in the grade below me and I called her a horse girl because she would do this thing where she would run around on all fours, like on her hands and her feet, and she would neigh like a horse, and she would whinny like a horse, and she would even make those like weird horse mouth sounds, like when a horse is like sighing, she knew how to do that. And on top of that, Anna had a very particular skill set. Like she used to go out to recess in elementary school And she would run around on all fours and jump over inanimate objects like she was on a course and she was a horse. And to be fair, like, she had calloused hands. Like, she was dedicated to the activity. 
but it was just a little weird to me. Also, I should add that a couple times I caught her eating greenery at recess, like grazing on grass, eating leaves, occasionally with a stick in her mouth. Like this girl was a full on horse girl. And that is what I assumed a horse girl was for years. Now I was a different kind of horse girl. I was the kind of horse girl that actually rode horses, which was at the time pretty extreme. Like a lot of people I grew up with liked horses, but not a lot of them could convince their parents to ride horses. So I was able to convince my parents somehow to let me ride horses. And I don't know when my horse obsession started. Like there wasn't a time that I walked past a pasture with a horse and saw it and was like, oh my God, it's running wild and free and I need to be free. Like that never happened for me. At least not that I remember. What I do remember though, is from the age of probably like three on until I was six, on a daily basis, maybe not a daily basis, like on a weekly basis, I would ask my parents to let me ride. And it took up until I was six years old for us to finally find a place that would take a kid that would ride. And at first, I was so frustrated as a little kid. I thought it was ridiculous that I couldn't ride earlier. But now looking back on it, I get it. Because who wants to put a four-year-old who has no control over their back and neck on a thousand-pound animal that has the brain the size of an orange, okay? Like, for those of you that aren't horse people, you might not know this. And it might not be in every state, but it's been in every five or six states that I've ridden. You go to a barn, and you have to sign what's called a hold harmless paper, letting the barn know that if you have an accident, they're not liable for the accident. Like you basically have to say a paper saying that you know that you're participating in a extreme activity. But yet when I was six, I was like, this is ridiculous. Horses and, and, you know, small children go together. Like this is so unfair. So I started riding at this barn when I was six years old uh, in a little town called Marlboro, Massachusetts. Um, If I have any friends in the Midwest listening to this, they're definitely going to make fun of the way that I pronounce that. But, you know... That's fine. Uh, So we had to actually drive over train tracks to get to this barn that I rode at. And the barn was kind of trash. I mean, looking back on it, they were kind of not great. Um, I think we actually went there because another girl that also convinced her mom to let her ride, her mother picked that barn out because it was cheaper. And then that girl quit after like two lessons. But this barn was a little sketchy because they would lie to you and you're sick, so you just believe it. So they told me that horse's feet were too heavy to be picked up, that it was impossible to pick up a horse's foot. That was just a way for them to get out of teaching six-year-olds how to pick horse's feet, honestly. But anyway, back to the obsession. So I was a, a girl that rode. I started riding at six I rode in elementary school, middle school, high school, uh, and college. And then after college as well, I rode in a couple different states. Um, I've done everything from, you know, helping train insane off-the-track thoroughbreds to competing on a high school equestrian team. I was the captain of my high school equestrian team which sounds more glamorous than it was. It really just means that I spent the majority of my time rapping at, yes, that's right, 
rapping at my team members, trying to get them to get organized for horse shows. Uh, so there was that. And then I also was on an equestrian team in college. I rode on the Purdue equestrian team, Go Boilermakers. I rode on the Purdue equestrian team and I was on their exec board as well. So, I mean, I have been in and around the horse girl world for the majority of my life. Like, let's see, I'm almost, I just turned 29. I have spent on and off at least 20 years, if not more, around horses. Because in reality, I've taken a couple years off here and there. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but uh, horseback riding and equestrian activities are very expensive. Uh, So if you're an adult who is in a working profession where you have enough money to pay the mortgage for two things, one being basically the cost of owning a horse in Massachusetts and one being the cost of your actual life, then sure, you can horseback ride. Uh, But in reality, I just decided recently to start back up again. It had been about two years since my last time riding. Besides the point, my obsession with horses went beyond just riding. Um, I worked at a barn in high school. I was so excited to work at a barn. I was before I even had my driver's license. I was like in, oh God, freshman year of high school. I got offered to work on the weekends picking up shit and helping teach small children how to ride horses. And the best part about that was for some reason that because I didn't have my driver's license, somehow my mother agreed to also let me do this, which means that We both had to wake up at 6 a.m. on Saturdays and Sundays, and she had to drive me to the barn so that I could get paid $5 an hour illegally under the table to pick up horse shit. That's how dedicated I was in high school. But like I said before, my obsession started well before that. I have stacks of papers that I found at my parents' house when I went and visited them recently. All this stuff that my parents saved from my childhood, uh, going back all the way to like first grade, if not before that. Some of them were just like bad horse drawings where for some reason I thought it was appropriate to also draw in the horse's genitalia. Uh, And then some were poems. I wrote a few essays. There were a lot of things. And some of them were a little bit funnier and weirder than others. Um, I wrote an essay in middle school about how we should start it was a persuasive essay about how we should start an equestrian club because there were all these horse girls that rode at different barns and we needed a place to come together and talk about horses and in the essay I included we will also allow people that just like horses or can't afford to horseback ride into the club Like groundbreaking, Kathleen, groundbreaking that you are bringing in all these people, that you're just so inclusive as a seventh grader. I don't think that that club was ever started, to be honest. And I I had to like prove that this club was worthy. So I had to like go around and, and poll people to see if they were interested in joining the club. And I'm pretty sure that I just polled other horse girls. And then I was like, 80% of the people that I talked to who were randomly selected said they would join the club. 
No, Kathleen. They were all horse girls that you knew, okay? But by far, my favorite thing that I went through when I was going through my parents' papers about horse stuff was this essay that I found from the third grade called Working Horses, which was an essay that I wrote about horses that worked, if you couldn't figure that out from the title. So horses that were like war horses or pulled carriages or like had jobs, you know, like they were punching the clock. Like I wrote a whole essay about it. And in this essay, I specifically talk about, for a good portion of time, pit ponies. And the thing is, is that I don't know what third grader is like, hey, let me write about pit ponies. You're going to know what a pit pony is very soon if you're lost. Don't worry. But uh, prior to that, I actually wrote another paper in the first grade about pit ponies. So clearly my work was not complete if I had to write a second essay about this topic. Now, for those of you that don't know what a pit pony is, I will tell you. I grew up watching a lot of Animal Planet, and so I'm pretty sure I watched a special on pit ponies, and then that's what, like, drove me into writing this essay. Uh... A pit pony is a horse that lives in and works in a coal mine. Why me as a first grader went up to my teacher, Mrs. Whitney, and was like, we have to write about pit ponies. Like, it, it's my favorite thing. Like, this is a topic I need to talk about. I don't know. Other kids were writing about Pokemon and NASCAR. And I was like, pit ponies are suffering in Great Britain. Let's write about it. So she let me write about that. I couldn't find that paper, but I did find this paper from third grade where, like I said, I wrote about them again because I was not done, okay? I'm going to read a paragraph, a small paragraph from this essay, Working Horses, and you guys are going to be like, yeah, this girl had a problem. Okay, here we go. The ponies were used in the coal mines to replace men, women, and children because they were strong. 70,000 horses were being used as pit ponies in Great Britain at one time. The conditions were terrible underground. Some of the ponies lived 4,700 feet underground. They would never see daylight unless the drivers or workers went on strike or if the ponies were ill. The owners did not like to bring the horses out of the mines because it took so long. If they did come out of the mines, they would go crazy and sometimes kill each other. Some people believe that the craziness was because of temporary blindness caused by the sun. Also, it was really hard to get them to go back in the pits and the horses would sometimes run away. Some thought that it was cruel to take them out of the mines and put them back in the mines. Can we just take in that, that like third grade me was like, what dystopia can I write about in this paper? And, um... Apparently, me writing about how horses would kill each other due to freak blindness was a big talking point. And you might be thinking to yourself, like, Kathleen, there's no way that this stuff is true. But like any true 90s kid, I had to have a bibliography. Yeah, I was in third grade. I had to have a bibliography. I have four sources cited specifically on pit ponies. I was clearly obsessed from a young age with horses. That is obvious to me. 
My obsession went a little bit farther though. Like it wasn't just that. It wasn't just classwork and horseback riding. It was also a lot of content that I took in on the TV, specifically on Animal Planet. For those of you that are familiar with Animal Planet, I'm not sure if these shows are still on or not, but I was thoroughly obsessed with the show Animal Cops. Animal Cops was a show where like, you know, uh, I guess it's like animal control officers and like sheriffs and stuff would go take calls and like rescue animals. There were different versions of Animal Cops, okay? There was like Animal Cops Detroit, um, Animal Cops Miami, Animal Cops Houston, New York, San Francisco. Like there were like six or seven different versions. My favorite by far was Animal Cops Houston. And that was strictly because I liked that they rescued horses mostly in that show. And that sounds sick and twisted that I watched a show to watch animals in bad situations getting rescued. But I will be honest with you, I cried every episode of that show. And yet I still made myself watch it every week. Like it would be on I would turn it on and I'd be like, oh my God, they're rescuing a skinny Palomino from, you know, a foot of mud. This is so exciting. Like I was stoked. Um, There were other versions of that show too, like Animal Cops New York I watched a lot, but that was different. Animal Cops New York was mostly like cat hoarding and like finding out where secret cockfighting rings were in like Queens or something. But on occasion, they did do episodes about horses And it was mostly the most annoying version of horses that I don't like. It was about the carriage horse industry. It was like, it's 103 degrees and it's July. We have to go make sure there are no dead horses around Central Park. Like, just pass some good legislation, people. My middle school brain was just like, these people could make things so much more simple. And, and and they probably do have legislation. I'm, I'm going to be honest. They probably do. But I hated those episodes because, you know, I hate the carriage horse industry. I'll say it. Never been a proponent of it. If somebody tried to propose to me in a carriage, and I know there's going to be somebody out there that likes this, but I don't. If somebody was going to propose to me in a carriage, I would be like, hell no. Find a new way. There's better ways to involve a horse and a proposal, okay? Take me on a nice romantic picnic where we ride out to like the beach and then you pass the horses off to somebody else and they walk away from us and we have a picnic, okay? Let's do that. I would gladly accept that proposal. But with the carriage horse thing, it's like there is no privacy. Like there is a guy sitting up there listening to you talk and you do you think he's not going to go back and talk to the other carriage drivers like no he's definitely going to be like that girl farted and then got proposed to and while we're on the topic of farts let's talk about how unromantic and un 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 luxurious it is to be sitting behind a horse's ass okay like you're supposed to social distance now we're all in a pandemic we're supposed to social distance But like that is not social distancing from that animal. Like you are going to see stuff you don't want to see. Like I'm sorry, but horses fart and they poop. And I just don't think it's like particularly 
pleasant to be stuck behind it. Every time, without a doubt, every time I pass a carriage horse or something like that, I always think to myself about that episode of uh, Seinfeld where Kramer feeds beans to that uh, carriage horse. Yeah, that is my nightmare, okay? Like sitting behind a horse that is farting the whole time. Get on top of the horse. Ride the horse like a normal person. Just do that. Or if you want to have that carriage experience, find another find another venue or outlet to enjoy life. You know, like these horses are just they they don't they don't need this. They don't want to be doing that. That's my rant on the carriage horse industry. I do have some hot takes on it to be fair. Guys, if you've made it this far, you have made it past the 20-minute mark and I am so proud of you for sticking around and listening to my rant about my horse obsession. There are so many more things I want to talk about with horses, but I want to leave some of those tidbits, some of those weird stories, like about how the time I ripped my pants every show in college because I was probably too fat for my pants, but I was convinced that I was just too excited. Like, I want to leave stories like that, and I want to leave stories like about how I broke my neck and about how I was the captain of a high school equestrian team and convinced a bunch of people to donate me goods and money. You know, I have so many stories about my obsession and I just wanted you to get a taste of them here on this first episode. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. If you made it this far, please come back, check us out next week. We will be back with another great episode. Um, And please like and subscribe to us wherever you can. Rate and review. It's because of listeners like you that I am able to put this out and enjoy my life. Well, not my life, but you know, like aspects of my life. Like I am so excited that I'm doing this and I hope you find it entertaining. Guys, this has been The Gimme. I've been your host, Kathleen Damaro. Thank you so much. Uh, Have a great night.